0: Hello and welcome everybody to Reconnect, the official podcast of the Church of New Heaven and New Earth. This is TJ, your MC, And Ray. Yes, everybody welcome. Ray, how are you? Pretty
1: good, yeah. Been a long week. I know a lot of people are starting new jobs around this time or have new terms, new semesters at their schools. And, you know, I'm Mm. no exception to that. Mm -hmm. So it's it's been a week of new responsibilities and things to learn. And when you dwell on that too much... You can feel kind of drained, but one thing that I've really enjoyed is seeing the the weather improve a lot over the winter mm. that we just seem to finally have gotten out of. <laughs> That's
0: so true. We're now finally feeling like spring is here. Yeah, it's nice. Temperatures are up again. I can see that a lot of people are feeling the urge to just go out. Oh, yeah. And hang out. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, as much as we understand, like I understand the wanting to go out of course, everybody wants to at this in this season, because in Korea, spring is such a precious season. Oh, yeah. Compared to other countries, it's very short, but the weather is awesome. So mm. people try to maximize and utilize this time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. cherry, blossom this is the time. Exactly, cherry blossom season. coming Exactly. Cherry blossom season. Yeah.
1: And there's usually a lot of tourists, you know, mm-hmm. um here. But of mm-hmm. course, you know, due to the, the current situation with COVID, that's changed. But even locals there's a flock to see like to, to take as much advantage of this this short yeah. season as possible
0: i think a lot of people are being safe here in korea all wearing masks is mandatory right but at the same time if everybody's flocking to one destination there is always that risk so i think for me it's better to be safe than sorry it is it's kind of like staying indoors is always the best thing to do until this whole thing kind of subsides stay protected mm-hmm <sighs> Yeah. Anyway, so going into the topic today, all the topics that we do in this podcast, I'd like to say are very important. I don't think we've had a very casual episode yet, which is something that we hope to do. One day. In the near future. (laughs) Yeah, one day. But we want to get the the important topics done first. And (laughs) the topic that we've chosen today is about... Satan. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. yes, very heavy, right? Yeah. And the reason we want to talk about this topic is because, as we know, God gave us the Bible to let us know that there is eternal life and salvation. This is something that we talk about in a previous episode, by the way. So if you haven't checked it out already, please go and do so. <laughs> but God gave us this book, this Bible, for eternal life, and every content within the Bible then naturally. God has put in there so that we can use that information to attain eternal life and in the Bible God has mentioned many times about Satan so this is enough reason for us to consider the topic of Satan quite important I know that a lot of us have this depiction of Satan as this like really hideous obscene figure like Ray what do you what comes to mind when you think of Satan
1: Oh, easy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, like mass media, <laughs> or, movies, or yeah, what, how,
1: yeah, yeah, all the depictions of Satan mm-hmm. that I grew, got used to growing up mm-hmm. and as an adult, mm-hmm. it's always been big horns or pointy ears. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, this, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. if he if he doesn't have a monstrous face, you know, mm-hmm. have like a mm-hmm. slick goatee. Sometimes a pitchfork and a mm-hmm. uh, tail, and I've seen him with you know hooves. <laughs> yeah, for mm-hmm. feet. And of course, red skin. So he has uh, always been depicted as something that you would obviously want to avoid. Like there's no very good point. No yeah, good
0: yeah. coming <laughs> coming from him. Yeah, imagine just sit like standing next to a guy like that, red <laughs> pitchfork. Like obviously, you'd be like, "Hey, get, hey man, get away from me." <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. In many movies and many uh, TV series where Satan does come out, um, one of the best ways to get rid of him is to spray holy water. Ah. Quote a verse in the Bible. Of course. Or show them a cross. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they're like, See, oh, immediately, the, no, I can't take it. The anti-Satan mm. starter pack. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Anti-Satan starter pack. This is generally the way mm. Satan is portrayed in media. Right. But we want to get down to what the Bible says about Satan. Mm. What does he look like? Can we really deter Satan using holy water and verses from the Bible or showing him the cross? Mm. What does the Bible say? So today we're going to talk about who or what Satan is, what he does, and where he does it. Mm. But as we said, it's a very important topic. So hope you guys stay focused. Without further ado, let's go right into the topic. Let's do it. So who or what is Satan? Now, if you're a Christian, you would know that God, uh, he created the heaven and the earth. And he created the angels as well. He creates in his image. So angels are created by God. But among all these angels, one, one stood out. And we can see that in Isaiah chapter 14. And this angel is referred to as the morning star. He became prideful and wanted to become God. And that's why he formed a coup, tried to go against God. And we have a fallen angel. So this angel, just like you were saying, TJ, is mm-hmm. created
1: by God, as a result has beauty, of course, and wisdom because mm-hmm. he was created in God's image, like those, like the angels were. I guess it's hard for many people to imagine being a created being like an angel. When I used to think of heaven, I'm like, well, that's like perfection. Like, why would I even think about going against the one who created me or wanting to be higher than him? Like that level of pride is, is huge.
0: Yeah. Well, if you look at Ezekiel chapter 28, it gives us an explanation as to why this morning star and this angel became so prideful. Mm. So God created all these angels, but among them, the morning star, or easily put, Satan. God says that among all the angels, he was complete in wisdom and so beautiful. And on the day he was born, God just kind of adorned him with everything that he had with Mm. love and all this affection. And it's safe to say that God truly loved this angel. Everything this angel did, it was perfect. That's what's said. And I'm paraphrasing, but essentially that's what it is. Try to put yourself in that position where everything you do is successful. God is telling you that you are complete in wisdom and that you are truly beautiful. I don't know about you, but (laughs) I I think... (laughs) It's difficult
1: not to let it get to my head. Oh, definitely. It would definitely get to my my head. I know myself. After a while, especially when it's Mm -hmm. it's coming from someone that's, it's not just your boss. It's not just your, yeah, it is your father, but it's also your father, the creator of the universe, who's telling you Mm -hmm. all these great things about yourself. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's easy to imagine that getting to your head. And Mm -hmm.
0: the Bible tells us that that is exactly what happened. And Satan formed a coup and went against God. We have to mention here that Satan is not a name. It means opposer. The fact that he went against God, God says, you are Satan, meaning opposer. Mm. So it's not a name. It's a title. A description of what Satan does. So what we now understand is that Satan was originally an angel. Mm. And as we see in Ezekiel chapter 28, he is truly beautiful. The way that God created this angel was in complete beauty. Now, a question, just because you fell away, just because you formed a coup and you're now God's enemy, does that automatically transfigure your appearance into something horrendous like that depiction in mass media about Satan?
1: Had you asked me that question, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe, I don't know, years ago, uh, my answer would have been like, of course. You know, if you fell away from God, of Mm -hmm. course, your appearance must become corrupt as well. Mm -hmm. surely it's like a
0: reflection of like the eternal sin it's understandable to think that way but Mm. what's most important is what the bible says and if you look at second corinthians chapter 11 verse 15 it says that satan appears before us as an angel of light he disguises himself as an angel of light we tend to think that if satan does approach us we would (laughs) recognize him right away because Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't see the guy who's red and standing with a pitchfork? Yeah, the trail of fire and
1: brimstone with
0: (laughs) the forked tongue. Exactly. But the Bible tells us that Satan appears before us as an angel of light. So immediately we know that the depiction that we see around the world and in movies and the preconception that we had about Satan's appearance is not biblical. Mm. And what the Bible tells us is that he's an angel of light. So you've never seen God, Yeah, I I've mean, never seen God, right. you haven't seen Satan. Mm-hmm. So if two angels appear before us, one from God and another Satan, it would be very difficult very. to tell like who is from God. And that's the reality that the Bible is telling us. So there's a discrepancy here about how Satan is portrayed in the world and what the Bible says. Start thinking about why there is that discrepancy. And we'll get into this later, but started thinking about why. And the second point, well, what does Satan do? Deceives. (laughs) Common thing, common thing, (laughs)
1: deceives, lies, deals, Mm -hmm. all the bad things, right?
0: And given his, like, title, Satan, he opposes, Mm -hmm. so he naturally goes against God. But another title that um, Satan has is the devil. And the devil, like the word Satan, is not a name. It's also a title. And it means slanderer, deceiver. So that's what Satan does. Slanders, deceives, deceives, opposes God, hmm. So what kind of authority does he have though? I mean, if like in the movies, we can defeat him with a verse from the Bible or spraying holy water on him, it'd be quite easy. But what kind of influence or power does he have? Where I grew up, we were taught that Satan's power is actually, it's not as powerful as he might appear. We're talking about Satan's authority and what his influence is. And we see this in Luke chapter four. Mm. When Jesus was in the desert, it's a famous story about Satan approaching Jesus and tempting him. And a lot of people just kind of remember that, oh, Satan tried to tempt Jesus. And that's all they remember. But what's most important about this incident is the fact that Satan says that he will give this entire world to Jesus. Mm. What does that mean? I mean, first of all, can Satan offer Jesus the world if he doesn't have it? Can anybody give anything that doesn't belong to them? Jesus also refers to Satan as the prince of this world. And it's so strange, right? You tend to think that Satan has no authority, no grounds. But Jesus is the one who is referring to Satan as the prince of this world. Mm. And here we have Satan offering Jesus the entire world, only if Jesus submits to Satan. So it gets you to start questioning about the, the kind of authority that Satan has. It does. What we can understand is that it's more than what we would have expected. Mm. As you go deeper into the Bible, you will find out just how much influence Satan has over this world. And it might be surprising or to a point where it's actually shocking. And if you go to the book of Revelation, it tells you very specifically how much influence. But that's for another time. (laughs) Please keep in mind that Satan's authority is quite large. So what is his purpose? He's a fallen angel. He has substantial influence over this world, and what does he try to do with it? That's the thing. We have to understand the enemy's purpose and intention. If he was actually fallen because of his pride, Mm -hmm. because of
1: wanting to be above God, Mm -hmm. it stands to reason that that kind of mindset, that goal that he Mm -hmm. had then hasn't changed very much.
0: Yeah. And the entire reason he went against God was to become God. Right. And that purpose still stands. Mm. Satan still wishes to become God. Not the true God, obviously. But he <laughs> tries to deceive people to believe that he is the true God. This is what we see him do throughout the course of the Bible. And then we have to ask ourselves, Ray, let's say you have a PS5. Oh man. Let's say you have one. Okay? Would you want a PS5 if you already have one? uh, uh, No, if I already had a PS5 And
1: Lord knows I've tried uh, It's (laughs) kind of hard to get these days But
0: uh, (laughs) if I already had a PS5 uh, Mm -hmm. No, I wouldn't need another one Okay, yeah, yeah. simple answer The reason I'm asking is because Doesn't Satan already have dominion Over people who don't believe in God? And if that's true He's already obtained the people who Are not believers Mm. Then what would he try to go after? You see, as we said, Satan wants to become God. He wants to be worshipped as God. But if he finds people who aren't worshipping him as God, but as the complete opposite, as like the devil, what would he try and do to those people? Wouldn't those people be the target? Exactly. You'd want to win over or obtain that which you don't have. Mm Mm-hmm, exactly. And that is the world of Christianity. Satan, who would he target? Non-believers don't believe in God anyway. So Satan doesn't really need to do anything there. Yeah. Naturally, they would stay away from God. But for Christians who are pursuing and making the effort to be connected with the true God, that would be Satan's target, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, he's gonna use all of his energy to mm-hmm. getting people that acknowledge the true God, at the very least. And he would be doing whatever he can to deceive them so that they can come over to his camp yeah
0: but how do you think he does that that's the question right how does satan try to deceive believers because we tend to think as we said we're kind of like off limits from satan yeah because we are children of god we are believers god is always protecting us we are 100 percent, perfectly guarded from all attacks from satan mm. that is the hope of many christians But the reality of it is that the Bible tells us that we have to be fully armored, that the devil is always uh, chasing after even those who are elect, trying to tempt and uh, deceive those who are God's children. So we are not free from Satan's attack. If we know that Satan's target is Christians and believers of God, where would he do it? For one, he'd do it in the church. One thing that I think about a lot, especially as I get older,
1: is, you know, my parents and and, and other teachers and things like that telling me that, you know, knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. For us as Christians, we have a tool that we use to get understanding from God, to know God's plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's God's word. Our defense that we're able to bring up is, of course, knowing what God has put in the Bible. We already have an understanding now from just our conversation and what the Bible has said that Satan being in the position once as an angel... Wouldn't he have an understanding? Well, wouldn't he have
0: knowledge, rather, of God's word as well? Mm-hmm. And if he does, he would most definitely try to infiltrate the very uh, core mm. of his target. As you said, Ray, the church. And let's see if this is true in the Bible. If you go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, it says that Satan is in God's temple showing himself to be God. We tend to think that Satan is out there. In the world of non-Christians. Yes. <laughs> Even in Korea, I've heard church members saying, oh, Satan is like, you can find him in the Buddhist temple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Satan's too busy trying to work his, uh, his dark magic on non-believers and non-Christians. We're safe. But the Bible tells us that it's the complete opposite. Satan is trying to infiltrate the very core of Christianity, which is the church. And what he does is to show himself to be God. And how he does that is we go back to second Corinthians chapter 11. He appears before us as an angel of light, as a servant of God. And that's what's scary. And this is exactly why we need to know this topic. And that's why God puts Satan in the Bible. He talks about Satan in the Bible for us to be aware about exactly what he does. We can't rely on TV or movies about what Satan is and what he does. We have to get it from the Bible. And the Bible is telling us that we need to be aware that he is trying to infiltrate into the very heart of the church. But if he is doing that, what does he do? How does he appear before us as an angel of light and try to tempt us and deceive us away from God within the church? Because for me... It was very difficult to understand after reading this verse. I thought it'd be very easy to tell if Satan is in our church trying to appear before us as God, trying to deceive us. I thought it'd be very easy to tell. One of which is like the pastor suddenly stands up and in the sermon, he's like, don't believe in God. <laughs> <laughs> that would, the Bible that would, is a myth. <laughs> that would be a pretty obvious one. Yeah.
1: It's um, too obvious. Too obvious. But the title, devil, deceiver, Satan's a lot more subtle. If those are the signs you're looking for, where, you know, your, your pastor one day just slams a Bible to the ground and say, this is all false. Don't expect that. That's not the
0: tactic that Satan's going to use. So what does Satan do? What he does is he very uh, slyly manipulates and distorts the word. You have to remember that Satan was also an angel. Mm-hmm. And among the angels, he was known to be complete in wisdom. God said that Satan, this angel, was complete in wisdom. Mm. He knows God's word. He knows God. The way he deceives us is by distortion of God's word. We can see an example of that when he talks to Jesus. Because if you see Satan talking to Jesus in the desert, Satan uses none other than the Bible. He does. The word of God <laughs> to tempt Jesus. Which is, if you think about it now, Very, very disconcerting. If you look at one of the questions or the the temptations that Satan puts in front of Jesus, it was, hey, if you jump from here and if you are truly like the son of God, the angels will catch you as mentioned in this verse. So so (laughs) Satan quotes the Bible. (laughs) Wow. Satan quotes the Bible, and (laughs) quotes it in front of Jesus and says, you know what? God said in the Bible that if you jump, the angels will catch you. Why don't you do it? And technically it sounds true doesn't it it does it sounds true it sounds true it is true god said in the bible if you jump the angels will catch you you will not hit the ground but what does jesus say you shall not tempt the lord satan only takes one part of god's word which makes it seemingly true and then tempts people let's just hypothesize and say satan came to you with the same temptation by telling you the same verse hey if you jump off, according to this verse, you'll be safe. The angels will catch you. And if you didn't know this other verse, where it said, "You shall not tempt your Lord," yeah. you may have you may have jumped. <laughs> you might you, you might jump. You might jump. But Jesus knew the Bible. Jesus knew God in entirety. So that's why he was able to fend off and kind of and tell Satan that that is not true. You are lying. You shall not tempt me because uh, that's not all that God says in the Bible. Mm. So like this, Satan takes the word and tweaks it, distorts it. He takes it out of context and makes us do things that are not aligned with God's intention and God's will. Mm. But it's so funny because he does it using the word. <laughs> but that's what he does. If Satan is using the word mm-hmm. to try to distort. Those who
1: are Christians who are actually trying to seek the true God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or might even feel very secure, you know, very safe, mm-hmm. Mm. But if Satan's using this to distort Christians, you know, people that are acknowledging God, then for us as Christians, it's even more important mm-hmm. that we have a knowledge of what God has put in the Bible, that we don't rely on other people to just know the Bible for us when we go to, let's say, we go to church on Wednesdays and Sundays and things like that. That's
0: not enough. We have to know the Bible ourselves. Otherwise, we could easily be deceived. Exactly. And even in the early church days, mm. We see in Galatians chapter 1, verse 7, uh, there are people already at that time perverting the gospel, distorting the gospel mm-hmm. from its true message. They're still using it. You have to understand the word perversion and distortion. It's taking one form, like one original form and changing it. It's not providing something completely different, but you're distorting it. Mm. You're making changes to it. So it seems like it's still there. It's still the original, but there are changes made to it. I always use the example of a cup of water. You have a cup of water, drinkable. Is that a word? Sure, I, I believe so. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, drinkable, yeah. yeah. And then you put one drop of poison in it. It's still clear as water, but would you drink it? Knowing what's in it? No. But, Knowing what's in it? But no, that's but it still Knowing looks what's like, in it. yeah, but it, it still looks like water. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, it is no longer water. Mm -hmm. It's 99% water, 1% poison. So that gives you a better understanding of what perversion and distortion is. It changes it. Mm. And in this case, Satan changes it in a way that the word of God is no longer the word of life. So as you said, Ray, it's very important for us to understand what the Bible is, what the Bible says, and understanding how God wants us to understand it, knowing the answer. I mean, one thing that we can look at The kind of deception that Satan has done and actually
1: how successful in many ways, when you really think about it, how successful he's been at it over Mm -hmm. so many generations is actually the state of Christianity today. Mm. Yes. When we look at the fact that we have this one book that God gave us, that he put himself in for us to know so we can know his plan so we can have that future reconnection with him. But Mm. we as Christians here on earth right now, there are so many different thoughts, ideas, people that have firmly planted the way that they're supposed to live out their life as Christians and their firm belief in what God is actually expecting. But there's dozens upon dozens upon hundreds and thousands of denominations. So mm-hmm. we, we don't have
0: a unified thought. This brings us to a very important point. Satan, his biggest weapon is distortion of God's word. Mm. And using that, he deceives even Christians, even children of God. What's more important is where that distortion leads. That distortion and that deception using God's word leads to dissension and division. Satan, to one Christian says, the Bible means A. To another, he says, Bible means B. And to another, he says, Bible means C. So you have all these different interpretations which are all deceptive distortions of the Bible. Now you have Christians fighting against each other on who has the right answer, who has the proper understanding and interpretation of the Bible. This is exactly what we see in the first coming of Jesus with the Jews. They had the Old Testament, but what happened was they had different denominations, Pharisees, teachers of the law, Sadducees. Just there you have three and these three are, they're there because they have different understandings of the Bible, of the Old Testament. But now, how many denominations do we have in the Christian world? A lot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And we know that in the Bible, it says that division is not of God. Mm. There is only one Christ. There's only one God. There's only one Bible. So logically and naturally, there should be only one understanding of the Bible. But then we have these different denominations, which tells us that there are different understandings of the Bible, different teachings, different followings. If that is not evidence of Satan's deception, then what is now from this point, you knowing
1: what we know now, mm-hmm. let's say we have a, we have an understanding of everything that we've talked about today mm-hmm. and, and we've used, used the Bible to show how Satan has distorted and has influenced uh,
0: Christianity today. What now, what, what do we do? Very good question. Well, I think we start from coming to the awareness that Satan, the way he works is not just demonic possessions. That's the general understanding when we think of Satan. We're scared of Satan because of these movies like The Exorcist and The Exorcism of Emily Rose, all these demonic possessions that do happen in real life. These movies are based on um, actual events. So people, they're quite fearful of these things happening. But what the Bible tells us to be more aware of is this distortion, this perversion of the word is much more greater in in damage, I would say, in, in consequence. If we don't prevent it, it's much more greater in consequence. So this is what we have to be more aware of as Christians. So how do we defend ourselves against this distortion and perversion of the word? That is the question that we should start asking. And that answer is given by Jesus. As he fought off Satan in the desert, by knowing the word in entirety, by knowing the truth, we are able to fight off Satan and see through the deception, right? Only by knowing the word, yeah. Exactly. So, Ray, what did we talk about today? We talked about whether or not Satan is that uh, red-horned pitchfork holding being that everybody wants to avoid at a first glance, or if the Bible tells us something different. Yeah, and the Bible does tell us something different. Through the Bible, we
1: have an an understanding of where Satan came from, being this angel, this created being. As a result of his own pride, Satan, which is a title given to him, which means opposer, he fell. And he doesn't appear to us as this monstrous being, but actually a
0: lot more subtle as an angel of light. Exactly, because he was a beautiful angel, mm. as described in the Bible. And his appearance doesn't go anywhere just because he fell away. Yeah. And that's what we need to become aware of now, okay? That depiction in mass media That caricature of the devil, the demon, is not what the Bible makes it out to be about Satan. He masquerades as an angel of light. And as we said, this is important because now we have to be aware why he masquerades as an angel of light. It's because he's trying to target not unbelievers, but believers. And he does that by infiltrating the church. Mm. We see in Thessalonians chapter 2 that he's already in the church, in the temple of God, showing himself to be God. And what was his biggest weapon? It was distortion, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Distortion of God's word. Of God's word. So which
1: means that for us as Christians, our defense is the very word that he has been distorting for so long. Our defense is the Bible. It says in 1 John 4, to test the spirits, that defense, our defense against Satan has been given to us by knowing God's word, by understanding it. We have all the resources that we need to be able to tell Satan's deception, to be able to see it. able to recognize it rather because
0: it's not going to be a situation where he appears to us as a monstrous being in order for us to defend against satan and his distortion of the word as you said Ray, we need to know the word but just read the bible because all denominations all christian denominations read the bible Mm. and formulate teachings according to the bible (laughs) but there are hundreds of different teachings as we see hundreds of different denominations so what went wrong and how do we know that we can safeguard ourselves against this um against misunderstanding the bible because we have so many so many understandings and if that is because of satan's deception then how can we safeguard ourselves against that That is the question to ask. And I'm going to finish this episode here for us by giving you guys an example. You know, people who check counterfeit money, you would assume that they take a look at all different types of counterfeit money so that they have a big database as to, you know, what is fake and what is not, how fake ones are made. But the funny thing is these people only look at real money. Hmm. And by truly knowing what real money looks like, what it feels like, they automatically can tell. What money is fake? So what that means is, if we know the truth, if we know what the Bible truly means, we can tell what is false, what is false teaching, what is a self-interpretation. So the question is, how do we know what is truth? And that is the question that uh, I want us to ponder on until the next episode. Wow. How do we come to that understanding of truth? how is it given to us because as we always say the answer is in the bible (laughs) it's there yes so ponder on it ask us questions if you'd like Uh, send us emails so if you like what you heard today please download subscribe to our podcast and that's all we have for today so really enjoyed this episode ray it's been good yeah a lot to ponder a lot to ponder exactly until next time so we'll be coming back next time with another episode of reconnect oh yeah but until then this has been TJ and Ray you've been listening to reconnect
1: Reconnect. oh nice yes
0: (laughs) see you guys bye bye